Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. Hello and welcome to episode 177 of Tourpreneur. Coming up, we feature a conversation with the founder of TourOp, Daniel Pino. Now, TourOp is a a tool, an app, which promises automated SMS communication for tour and activity operators. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, all right, what's the benefit here for tourpreneurs? What does this thing actually do? And in true tourpreneur style, I asked Daniel to invite one of his customers on, a fellow tourpreneur, and he invited Xavier from Greyline San Francisco. Now, this particular tool, this is how it's infecting uh, Xavier's business. He says he's increasing upselling and cross-selling of other products via TourOp. Their reviews went up by 73% on TripAdvisor, 250% on Google, and that the system was able to answer 143 questions from guests Um, which translates into approximately 11 hours of customer service savings. So you might be thinking, yeah, automated SMS, that's for the big boys. Um, Believe you me, I think you might change your opinion when you listen to this conversation with Daniel and Xavier. I want to do these once a month. I want to feature a piece of tech, a tool, or an app. So if you are using a service that you really enjoy and it is truly helping you grow your business or manage your business, drop me a line at shane at tourpreneur.com and I would love to feature that tech tool or app as well. Anyway, on to today's show. Today I am joined by Tour Ops Daniel Pino. Hi, Daniel. Hey, Shane. And also by Xavier Valls of Greyline San Francisco. Welcome to the show, Xavier. Thank you, Shane. Happy to be here. Yes. Yeah, so one of the things I'm keen to do on the show, I've been meaning to do this for a long time, is once a month have a bit of a spotlight on a tool or an app or a piece of kit that will help us grow our tour businesses, manage our businesses more effectively. And I know, Daniel, you know, I'm very grateful for your support. You've been part of the tourpreneur community pretty much since we started. Um, I know you're a listener to the show. And I've always been fascinated by TourOp and exactly what it is you do and exactly how you can help tour operators grow our businesses effectively. I invited uh, Xavier on the show because Xavier is using TourOp as part of his business. And I'm keen to understand as well from the customer viewpoint, First of all, why Xavier uh, picked Tour Up um, and how it's helping to grow your business. So, first of all, Daniel, like just very briefly, what is the service that you offer for tour operators? 
What TourUp does effectively is streamline the communication between tour and activity operators and travelers, basically. And we do that through SMS. Um, we, what we do is we connect to the most popular RESTIC uh, systems out there. Um, and because we do that, we get the information, every booking information, and we start a conversation with the client after they booked and until the moment that they leave the tour or the activity. Um, by doing that, we start by sending them anywhere from a booking confirmation, a booking reminder, um, but also we use that opportunity, that conversation that we're engaging with um, to drive more revenue for operators and effectively uh, get them more reviews. So how did it get started? Where did you get the idea from for TourUp? We actually come from the operator side, uh, Shane. Um, you know, my business partners, especially, you know, they, um, they actually had their own gray line license um, in Ecuador and Colombia. And so, you know, um, it was a while back when they, you know, they felt like, you know, they were one of the very earliest users of, for instance, for example, Tour CMS, right? Which is mm -hmm. um, one of the first, you know, um, travel, what is it? Channel manager, um, you know, company, right? And um, they just felt like they, there was, there was still something missing, right? I think they had tried, you know, every single reservation system back then. And they said like, there's still something that there's still a couple of things that we're not, that we're not getting. Right. And, um, and, you know, that's where we basically started thinking from the operator side, like, you know, there's, there's actually stuff that we, that we need, that we can solve through technology. I'm, I'm big on travel, but I'm also big on tech. I love tech and, you know, we, uh, we actually started out as an OTA, um, you know, because we said, you know, we can uh, we can do an OTA where we fill out the empty spaces on these buses that all of these green line companies have, basically. And we started out doing that. And, um, you know, it was basically their, the main differentiator was price. And as we had the OTA group, we realized how difficult customer service was for both the operators and the OTA, right? We, we were getting travelers call us and email us and say, hey, um, you know, I just booked this tour um, on your website. Um, what's your, what's the meaning point again? Even though yeah. that was on the website, right? Even though it was on the email confirmation. And, you know, if it was something easy, we would respond, right? But if it was something more complicated, guess what we would do? Here's the operator's email. Here's the operator's website. And here's the operator's, not website, but like their phone number. Call them. Like we would throw the ball to the operator. Right. And at some point we said, like, hey, we've been on that end and it's hard. Like these are, you know, most tour and activity businesses are small companies, right? Small to medium sized businesses. Like they don't have like, a, you know, this their whole like customer service department. Mm. Right. You know, just to answer these questions. And we said, you know, we can we should we should do we should automate some of that. Right. And there got, there's got to be something more effective than email to communicate some of this important information. And that's when we started like. Um, this was all pre-COVID. Um, we started kind of like testing, um, you know, how communication went with SMS. And, you know, we were just like amazed by like the responses and the engagement that SMS would create. And, um, and you know, just basically any instant messaging platform, you know, you could also say the same about WhatsApp and, you know, a few others. Um, and we were just like, okay, this is the way to communicate with customers. It's not email. It's not through the OTA inbox. It's not... You know, this is this is potentially the way, and that's how TourUp came out. But it was really from the operator side because we've lived that part as well. We've lived the OTA side, we've 
we've been on the Upper East Side. We just, we just, we just knew that it was something that no one was really uh, solving. Yeah. I, I love that it's come from an actual pain point that you experience as an operator. And I know you've spoken to many other operators. In fact, you were at Arrival San Diego um, and finding out that this is a bit, the communication is a big pain point for, for many of us. Um, Xavier, how did you first hear about TourOp? But bottom line, the story was that uh, I was in feeling that pain point that uh, Daniel was uh, mentioning. Especially in our situation, we, we had to... As, as many of any other tour operator, we had to change our, our operations due to the COVID situation. We used to have two uh, uh, physical shops, uh, one in Downing Union Square and another one in Fisherman's Wharf that uh, to make the business survive, we had to shut them down. But uh, all the departure points were uh, addressed to those locations. So one of the first things when we started resuming operations is that people started to get crazy. Our customers said, hey guys, you're just sending me to a place that is closed down. I said, no, no worries. I mean, the past is going to come. Uh, we, we just we don't have the means to just change all the whole information. So one of the first things that I stepped into with the with the booking department was okay. We need to start messaging everyone. So in addition to the vouchers that they were receiving through OTAs, through our websites, through uh, concerts, I one of the instructions say okay, 24 hours before, 48 hours before, we're gonna get the list of manifest of passengers that we're gonna text them. We already had <laughs> some of the preset text, but it was all manual. Of course, you were doing it fast, but it's all manual. Okay, this is the purple point. Uh, you're going to see the, the office is going to be closed. Don't worry. The bus is going to show up at that time. These are your instructions for the tour. You can select this departure point and the other departure point. One thing that we changed as well in order to make it more simple, the operation was to uh, not offer any other uh, hot topic apps anymore. Right. That may sound counterintuitive because we wanted to make the operation simpler. But we realized that the customer experience increased a lot because people didn't like it to be just hanging around on a bus for one hour and a half, just picking up the rest of the customers. So we are lucky that in San Francisco, it's a pretty small city. So it's basically uh, considered two different areas, one in downtown and the other one in Fishman's Works. So just by means of offering only two departure points, we're able to concentrate 85% of the of the hotels that people were staying. And they just had to walk the majority the most for about 10 minutes to meet us to the locations that we were setting up. So we had to fight for two things. First, letting them know that there were no auto pickups offered and the the partner points were two. And there were coincidental with two shops that were uh, temporarily closed, but the bus will go to show up. So we were doing that manually. Uh, Of course, at the beginning, the bookings (laughs) weren't much, so it was easy to handle, but the as soon we realized that it was working because we had less complaints and everything was going extremely, but as long as we get more bookings and things were starting to ramp up, we realized that it was not sustainable. We got to optimize that in a way, no? I was also uh, super uh, pro uh, in favor of the SMS. I mean, I, I realized even, I don't know if people feel the same, but during the pandemic, I signed up to thousands of new letters, to thousands of emails. I mean, I cannot catch up with my email anymore. So I'm not even able, I, unless I find something, I don't get it. So, I mean, I have in my, in my, in my phone, maybe, you know, 200 or 300 emails in, in my personal one, not the, the, not the, the world one. So I thought, nah, the, the approach to the customer needs to be different. It needs to be to an SMS. People pay more attention to that. It can be WhatsApp. Maybe we can talk about that for, for other markets, but when people re- get an, an SMS, if they want to reply, they just have it in hand. It's easy to handle, and I actually it was the right approach. 
So when we want to do ramp this up, I said, I need to, to find someone that can make this automatic. I mean, like, I cannot rely on people just typing real messages. There. So it was a, a perfect match for me. Of course, we are, I mean, the first need that I had to solve was this streamlined, streamlined communication. But then there's all the benefits that we realized that we received down the road and later on. So Daniel, maybe you can talk us through this. So in Xavier's case, he's got this meeting point information. When he wants to interact with the tour op system, how does he go about adding that information? Yeah, so we offer a web app basically. So Xavier can just go on uh, app.tourop.com, basically log in, right? And um, he's basically got the control of everything that is sent out to his customers, right? Um, he can modify. Um, so if he wants to send a booking confirmation telling them about the meeting point, he can change that. And let's say that tomorrow he wants to change the meeting point for X, Y, Z reason. It doesn't depend on us, right? He can just go um, into, uh, into the app, edit the message, and that's it, right? Like, you know, moving forward, everyone's going to get a different message than they were just getting two seconds ago, basically. So he can notify any message at any point in time very, very easily. Um, I think we've, we've made it very simple and straightforward um, for operators so that they don't have to worry about, like, you know, changes and, and everything, right? But but you can get very um, granular, too. I mean, um, and I think this is also another example of Xavier, right? I mean, they've got different meeting points depending on the tour, for example, or different meeting times. And so, you know, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to send a booking reminder, right, to or a booking confirmation to just uh, to every single one of my tours because every tour is different, right? Every product is different, right? Um, and so, you know, Xavier can modify and customize that information that's being sent depending on the product, basically. So it's just a matter of going online, truly. And adding it per tour, per experience, the meeting point information. That's right. I also understand that uh, from the first month of using TourUp, you got 13 direct bookings uh, from cross-selling. Yeah, that's totally true. I mean, uh, we are uh, one of the strategies that we need to test out is once these uh, customers are coming and they already had a booking confirmed, uh, we are confirming the the part of location. And then uh, there's one important thing to say about, because people have, have some concerns about that, we, uh, before starting all these chains of SMS that we're going to talk about, we ask for uh, confirmation of approval for our customers. So if they don't want to have, I mean, we just we just have the first message as welcoming, hey, this is a, an automatic uh, communication for your current tour. If you're going to receive those informations, please accept it. So there is no intrusion. There is no, uh, I mean, they're not, you're not spamming the customers in a way. But they accept it and they can stop it in time. So. Yeah. Daniel, do you have any idea of what percentage of people say, I think you, you text back stop or something, right? So then what, what's what's that percentage like? Do you know? 97% overall will say, okay. Um, yeah. Only 3% of them will say stop. So yeah, it's, I mean, most people will not find it intrusive, I will say. And, um, so what, what Xavier was, was talking about, I mean, it's not something just unique to Xavier. In that regard, it's most of our customers who choose to um, kind of like what we call it is like a double opt-in, right? So like they'll add some wording on their website saying like, hey, you know, by book, by booking this, you agree to receive, you know, um, text messages sent to your number uh, with important and relevant information uh, related to your activity or your tour, right? But even though there's that wording, and you know, people just won't read it, right? And so, what we choose to do is, you know, and 
you know, obviously San Francisco is in California. California has some very strict privacy laws uh, around, you know, what you can and cannot do in terms of marketing. And so um, basically the system is designed to not send anything until the customer says, okay, yes, I accept, I want to receive these messages. And we also work with operators so that, you know, there's, there's not too many messages being sent out, right? You don't mm. want that. There's not, there's not messages going out after the tour is over. I feel like, you know, what I usually recommend to operators, like, you know, engage with the customer. Like, you know, uh, I think it's fair game for everyone, right? Like, you know, you want to tell the customer about these other things that you also offer, like all these other cool things that you're doing, right? Do that before they come in, you know, engage with them when they're on the tour. We can even engage with them and tell them, hey, follow us on social media, subscribe to our newsletter, you know, all of that so that you can maintain that long-term relationship. But you know, try not, or like, you know, like after they leave, like ask for review and then that's it. Like tell them goodbye, right? Um, so in that sound too interesting. Yeah, no, I just asked that question because I think with most kind of messages I get like that, I'll put stop because, you know, it's like the pizza delivery when I add you to the text. But with, with my tour, I want the information because I've paid good money for it. I okay. might only be in San Francisco for two days. I don't want to mess up the meeting points or be running late or miss out. Um, so I, yeah, it's right. I, I'm not surprised that it's only a very few that actually say, don't send me anything because we all want that information. Yeah. Um, I am interested in, in, so we've, we've had the meeting point, um, which is important for that communication and efficiency. Um, but then also I, I'm really fascinated in the cross selling aspect of this. And, oh. and maybe you, you can both talk to that, that, you know, what I think one of the biggest struggles we have as tourpreneurs is discovery. So I might be booking the Yosemite tour with you, Xavier, but not be aware that you do a food walking tour. Correct. Um, so getting that information, we're like, oh, the same guys are offering this tour. Let's look at that. Um, so I imagine that cross-selling is very powerful via this medium. Yeah, I mean, definitely this. Uh, it's, been, it's been like, uh, I would say, almost two months. And the numbers, I would say, that we've added even bigger. So one of the messages that we say pre-trip, pre, pre I guess, that we have set it up um, five days prior, it's just a, a, a normal one. And the one that you would, it was just a normal conversation I would have over the phone. And I, I asked my booking team to, to have. Once someone calls you to confirm something and said, hey, how, for how long are you going to stay here? These are the other things that we can do. And of course, your recurring customers, you can get to X uh, discount if, if you book with us because you already are a customer and we appreciate you uh, giving your, your business. So yeah, it, it's at the end of the day, uh, when, when I try to think about technology, it's it just, trying to mirror what we are doing in normal life and just trying to put in the system. So what you're trying to do when you're on the phone, let's reply that uh, on a text message. Good, good thing about that is that you end up investing your time. So everything goes behind the scenes, right? So it is pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and just to add on that, basically, so the way that it, in, in, um, in Xavier's account or in Good in San Francisco's account is working is that they're sending, they're tracking, they know how many bookings they've got, okay. right? You, um, so they got, like like you said, right, they got about 13, this is Saver's word, right, um, about 13 bookings on the first on the first month uh, we were using us. And they can track that because they're using a specific code, like a promo mm. code, basically. I think they're offering like 10% off, um, you know, to anyone who books directly on their second tour, right? This is someone who's booked their first tour, right? Um, and then someone wants to book a second tour, then we're saying, yeah, I mean, you know, here's a second, here's a promo code for, your, that, for that second tour you got. Um, valid only on our website. So we, we do get them more direct bookings in that regard, uh, but it's very trackable, right? 
then we, we also have some operators and clients who say, I don't want to give out discounts. I mean, it's, you know, it's everyone's choice, right? Um, in which case we, so um, we, we, you know, there's always the option of adding like a UTM Google Analytics tracking code in their, their big Google Analytics people, right? They can still see it. Even, so even if you don't offer a promo code, you can still track how many um, extra bookings you're going to get, right? Um, you know, typically we see shame anywhere from 7 to 12% uh, of people who get this text message book another, either another tour or upsell their activity. So like, you know, I don't think that might be Sailor's case, but, you know, another, another um, you know, for other operators, it might not be booking another tour, but it might be, hey, you know, we offered the premium experience or the premium version of board and then add upsell. So from our statistics, you know, anywhere from 7 to 12% um, you know, are, are doing this. And I think in Savior's case, it was about 9% of them um, who were, you know, who were effectively uh, doing this. So it's just about, you know, right on target. Um, the last thing I'll say in that regard is that, um, you know, we, uh, we, we try to get that, um, you know, that recommendation to be very customized, right? So like, you know, we try to think of it as Netflix, right? I mean, I don't have kids yet. So if Netflix would shit, would tell me like, Hey, what's this, I don't know, like animated show. It's probably not going to be very relevant for me. Right. Yeah. Same thing happens with, I think, you know, a lot of tour and TV operators. Right. So, you know, um, you know, if Savior has that, um, you know, like a morning tour, right. We're not going to offer the morning tour again, or just say, Hey, look at our website. Like that's too generic. Right. That doesn't convert. You know, what we can say is, Hey, you've taken the morning tour. Here's a, you know, here's a tour that runs just after that. You know, if you have got the afternoon food. Um, and then, you know, that's when the magic happens, really. I love that because this is, as a traveler myself, I spend so much time trying to plan in my tours because, oh, well, that starts at 11, that one starts at 12, and you're trying to, you know, juggle them around. So having that directly that, hey, here's an afternoon tour, it fits with your schedule. I can see how that can help with conversion. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, like, and that, that can be done in very, multiple different ways right um yeah i mean it's uh it's really a matter of like where you want to take it really um you know it, i think a lot of uh sometimes we talk to operators and operators are um you know i think people that are uh like i've been an op like I'm, I'm an operator myself i consider myself an operator because we still hold like you know part of that rail line license in in ecuador in colombia and so like i still I still feel part of like the operator side as well, right? And we're, you know, I think the operator industry is like very passionate, right? You, you just yeah. got to be passionate. Like, I think you said it yourself one, day, one time on the Facebook group, like, who's in this to make money? Like, you know, <laughs> like, like, then, you know not a lot of them respond like that. Um, I don't think yeah. you're like, yes, I want to become rich or a millionaire. I'm going to be an operator. Like, that's not really the case. So when we talk to operators, it's often the case that they'll say, know about that because like you know i don't want to be pushy like that pushy salesperson like offering other tours and you know there's i think what we tell them is there's a difference between like pushing out and like just pushing your brand pushing your website like pushing your tours and saying hey i think you would benefit from this and like giving them authentic recommendations on what on other things they can do and it doesn't even need to be like their own tours and activities. I mean, we've got um, operators who are promoting others, other operators' tours, right? Other, other attractions and things to do, you know? Like, so if it's a, 
generate and valuable recommendation, you know, yes, it might, you know, bring extra revenue, but it's not, the customer is not going to reject it, right? They're going to appreciate it instead. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got communication with messaging. We've got cross-selling. The next topic uh, I want to discuss, the next feature, or actually the next benefit of TourOp is reviews. So how did reviews, uh, how are you using this to increase reviews, Xavier? Well, there is a, the last message that, as Daniel said, it's, it's that, uh, I think that we said it one day after the activities concluded. So it's just a simple message that says, please review our experience from one to five. And then uh, the cool thing about that is that we can automatize, uh, automatize the, the, um, the, the answer to that rate depending on the, the output, right? So if they give us four or five, we just give them a message back, say, please review the experience. Happy to hear that you like those experience. And hopefully you come, you see, you come back to see us again soon, and blah blah blah. And then definitely, if you're putting, it's just a link that you're putting them, so it's just another click, so they can review it pretty fast. Uh, in the event that you get a, a rating from one to three, you you ask them to, you don't give them the link to review it, so you try yeah. ask them to call you. Please call me and let me know what I did wrong, so I can improve it for the next customers. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way, again, that's what you would do if you were talking over the phone with a customer, say, please, you like it, please review me. So, but we are making it easier because it's just a one click away to, for them to deliver a review. And if they don't like it, we, we push them to call us. That's, and you can imagine it's, it's not easy, but, uh, even we can track this conversation in the platform. So even we can be proactive ourselves and call them and say, hey, guys, what didn't work out well there? Uh, maybe because not just to avoid a review, which is not the end goal, it's just to improve the customer experience because maybe somebody's going to be back uh, on a tour the following two days or uh, maybe we did something wrong that we can fix. And it's all uh, a continuous learning process. And in terms of the link for reviews, is that going to TripAdvisor or Google or is it going to both? How are you setting we, we, that up? We offer them both. TripAdvisor and Google, yeah. And that's a good strategy, Shane, from what we've seen, basically. So, um, you know, just to speak numbers, I'm a big numbers guy, uh, Shane, like, and, and, and Xavier, Xavier can tell you that. So one of the things that we that we like to do is, um, well, that we do for all of our clients is at the end of every month, we send them a report, um, telling them not just how many messages they send or, you know, how many conversations happen, but also like how many clicks they got on that recommendation link they said, uh, how many people are clicking on that review link, right? We're tracking all of that. So you can yeah. tell whether this is working or not, right? Um, so the first month that uh, Javier, if you allow me to, to, to share uh-huh. that, first month, um, Xavier got a 73% increase in reviews on TripAdvisor and then a 250% increase of uh, reviews in Google. Um, wow. Yeah, and... And and I think it's he's uh, he's spot on right uh, with with seeing, sending the two of them. Sometimes customer uh, like operators will say, "I only want to send them to Google. I only want to send them to TripAdvisor." You know, we try to recommend them to use at least two because you know there's there's people who don't even have TripAdvisor accounts. I mean, I, you know, it's like I don't even know where my TripAdvisor password is, right? No. And but but I'm sending them to Google because I have an Android, right? So for me, yeah. Google review, it's like you know, it's just like that. So. It really depends on the client. So I think a lot of people will feel more comfortable with one or the other, right? Um, so, you know, I think that's the recommendation. Just in general, like whether you use SMS or not, like try to give your customer a couple of options too, right? 
Yeah, and you know, it's a shocking admission, and I know that our listeners are going to be really disappointed in me in this. I went on a couple of tours two weeks or so ago, and I haven't left them reviews yet. And normally I'm really good at it because I know how important they are. But maybe had I got that text, I'd go, oh yeah, must do that. But it's like on my long list of things to do. And I work in the industry, right? I work with you all. You could imagine if someone's just traveling, it's like they don't know the importance of reviews. So without that prompting on their phone, I can see why this is very powerful and why those numbers, you know, 73% and 250% increases on the platforms. I, I can see why, because you're nudging people to do it. Well, I, I got to reach out to Scott's Pizza Tours because I know that was one. <laughs> yeah, that definitely was one. And that's been on my list or something to do. I wanted to, and I actually wanted to record a review on the show as well but I just haven't got around to leaving him his review. I'll do that right after we're done here. So like, no, I don't want any hate mail coming my way. Yeah, you've got you've got the intentions. I mean, it's, it's happened to all the yeah. right? I mean, you're like, you know, you, you you leave the tour and you're like, that was such a great tour guide. Man, like I'm going to, you know, she deserves a review, like a five-star review. Like, and then, you know, you go to dinner, then, you know, like next day you're doing something else. Then you're, you know, back home and then you're back on work. And suddenly like, you're like, ah, Never, but the thing is, it's a struggle, right? Because when you want to do that, right, you got to go in, Google the like the yeah. name of the operator if you still remember that. Which in your case, I'm sure you do, right? But like, in for a lot of operators, like the name of the operator, right? Like it's you know it's just blown up to say what was the name of the operator again, and like, and then it's just it's so hard that then they like it's just like you know what, like I'm sorry, but I, it's 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 going to be fine through that. You hear a lot about Arrival on this podcast. It's the conference designed for entrepreneurs just like you. The Arrival conference features so many practical sessions to help operators with direct bookings, digital marketing, tour and experience design, business operations, and so much more. You'll also get to connect with great people from OTAs, technology companies, marketing experts, and get inspired to grow your business in the year ahead. What we love most about Arrival is seeing operators and entrepreneurs, large and small, meeting each other and building new friendships and partnerships, seeing them share their stories and their learnings. This is what makes Arrival so special. So why not join Shane and many other entrepreneurs in Las Vegas, October 10 to 13 at Arrival, the event where operators, attractions, and experienced creators learn, connect, and grow. Find out more at www.arrival.travel. So the fourth benefit I, I want to uh, discuss is you said that the system was able to prevent 143 questions from customers, which translates into approximately, well, almost 11 hours of customer service savings. Wow. That's a lot of savings, Xavier. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell. I mean, uh, imagine what I was explaining. I was asking the guys to, to text everyone manually. So that was requiring first getting the manifest list for all the SMH messages, put them on a on a pretty fine text that we already put together, but it takes time. Uh, and, and and one good thing that we didn't mention here, and it looks like I'm getting paid for that, but it's not. So there is uh, is that uh, there is a kind of a bot as well. So you can predefine some questions to specific answers. Right. It's not just a one direction uh, tool. So even the Customer, once they receive the message of the departure points, is it's gonna be it's I don't know typical question uh, for our wine tour. Uh, are the are all the wine tastings included? I mean, you put it all over the place, in the descriptions, in the vouchers. People still have questions. 
then you can predefine that that answer. Yes, all the two, the white tastings are included. And I know where I where, which are the wineries that we're gonna visit. These are the wineries that you're gonna visit. Blah 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 blah. And these are of course questions that you don't have emails that you don't receive and calls that you don't get. Of course, it's more time to do other things. I mean, it's not just to uh, lay off people. It's just to do just review your products, uh, think about other things that we can do. I mean, you put your uh, brain or your time to other things that can improve the, the business itself. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's um, that's an important, you know, uh, Xavier mentioned the, the wine um, experience, right? Being an important kind of like one that customers will have questions about because it's, you know, you don't always think how often do you go to San Francisco and go on a wine tour? I mean, it's, you know, it's a pretty unique experience. It's something cool that you're doing. You're going to upload pictures and everything. So you're, you know, it's not a 15-year experience either, right? I mean, you're going to pay for it, you know, you're going to pay well mm. for it. And so, um, you know, the, the cool thing is here that, um, you know, Xavier is able to like include, you know, the different answers depending on the product, right? So like one thing that I've seen a lot on the, on the Tourpreneur Facebook group is, you know, um, well, we get two concerns from operators very often about just like, chatbots and artificial intelligence and all of that, right? The first one is I find them annoying. And I'm, I agree. <laughs> I usually find chatbots annoying, right? I mean, um, I mean, poor American Airlines, but I always take their example. Like, you know, whenever I'm on the phone and like, they're like, click one or like, you know, press one for this. And like, when you got to do the whole thing and then you're like, you're three options in and suddenly like, no, that's not, that was not the right path. I got to start from the beginning. And then at one point you're just like agent, agent, human, yeah. you know, you're pressing zero, right? Like how do I get in touch with a real human? I think that's frustrating. I think that definitely, um, you know, that's not good for the experience, right? Um, we, you know, we try to avoid that. So when we went into this, right, we could have gone the way of like the one, the twos and the threes. Uh, but what we decided instead was um, we're gonna we're gonna ask we're gonna use natural language processing basically, which is a term used for like people just the way that they would communicate with a real human. Like let the customer ask the question the way that they would do it with a real human. And we're gonna we're gonna use I mean the tools are out there right to respond to that question automatically. Um, and if they and if the, I mean there there are times that we're you know the statistic right now is that we can answer four out of every five questions customers have. But we get, and we see this often, Shane, like, you know, uh, travelers saying, like, it's my wedding anniversary that Friday, and we're going the, on that wine tour. Can you please do something very special for that? And so, you know, obviously, the chaplain's not going to be able to answer that, right? In which case, we take them directly to, like, the place where they can say, hey, seems like I can be, I couldn't answer this question. I'm just a chatbot, but here's how you can get in touch with a real human, and then boom, the number. So, like, it, you know, Xavier is every Pacific time, right? If someone's in New York and they're asking about this wine tour at like 8 a.m., you know, it's 5 a.m. in San Francisco. So, he, you know, he's probably not going to, or his team is not going to be able to respond right away. So customers can get answers whenever they want to, but if there's something special, they can get, they can still get that personal touch. And Xavier was saying like, it's not like I want to lay off people, right? I mean, this is not about, it's about like, you know, when we, when someone comes to my second point, right? When someone says like, I don't want to lose the personal touch. Don't. I mean, you can, by by reducing some of like those, you know, just frequent questions, right? You can spend more time with your customer making their day more special with those that need that special attention instead. 
Well, I know many of our listeners are working, especially since COVID, working a day job and, you know, the tour business in the evenings and weekends. So having that bot set up means that those questions are getting answered whilst they're at the day job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's not uncommon, right? I mean, um, you know, it's, it's like I said before, I mean, how many solopreneurs are out there, right? I mean, um, you know, I, and, you know, we, we would like to, you know, keep that going, right? And that's, that's the only point, but, um, you know, you gotta, at one point you gotta think about efficiency too, right? And it's, it's like, is it like, is responding to the meeting point, right? Like sending them the Google Maps location for the meeting point, like giving the personal touch. I personally don't think so. I think there's better ways to engage with them personally and just trying to give them the time. Like we try to give operators back their time to do that. Okay. And there is one point that I would like to bring up here as well. Is uh, at least talking more on a on a personal side rather than on a on a on a business point of view. Uh, I usually prefer to just not have to call anyone. So I I hate as a customer, but I'm just one segment of the demographic. I don't like talking to to people. I don't like having to spend that to dial. It's just for me to, it's a hard time. So if I have two texts and just dealing with someone and make it easier on my own whenever I want, for me for me it's a more better customer experience than someone that. Uh, wants just to have a conversation with the real human. But I know that there are different segments in the demographic, but in this way, we are serving these ones. I mean, myself yeah. as, a, as a customer. I know that there's only people that wouldn't like the message. Okay, we still have the, all the way to do it. You just call me and the, the line is going to be more available because there are going to be tons of questions that they're already, already replied by myself. But if I, if I all the options... Yeah, no, I, I I agree. But Savior is young, as you can tell, right? Um, but um, you might know Hal from Beaufort Tours, um, Shane. Yeah. He, he runs those tours and they do golf cart tours uh, in Beaufort. And, um, you know, he was initially uh, a little bit worried about, um, you know, mm-hmm. his demographic was a bit older, right? I was on the older end. And he said, like, I don't know if my customers are going to be okay with texting, like, but, you know, it turns out, like, you know, older people, like, well, you know, because texting has been around for so long, everyone knows how to do it. Like, they don't need to learn something new. Like, it's not like we're telling them, go on this link to type your question. No. they And I don't even know if they, like, know they're chatting to a, uh, to a chatbot, right? They're no. just asking, they're just asking yeah. questions, right? But they're getting answers. And so, like, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's for the younger demographic who knows what they're dealing with, right? They know that. You know, they know they're chatting with like a chat boss lead. They know how what to expect. But like the older demographic too, I mean, they they know how to use texting. I mean, they just know how to reply back. It's 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 intuitive. Yeah. No, I I, I was not a fan of chat chat boss until fairly recently. And I even had a situation this week. I had to deal with uh, GoDaddy. I'm having no ends of problems there. And I was 45 minutes on hold before I could get to speak to someone. And they didn't fix the issue. So I thought, I'm not spending another 45 minutes. So I got the chat bot and, you know, I was able to, to get it fixed. By the, and I think once you have a good experience with a chat bot, then I said, oh, okay, this is actually really cool. And it's going to save me time in the long run. And I now use that with my bank and other things as well. So, I mean, it depends on the setup of the chat bot, of course, right. and being helped. But I All think right. more and more people are going to be using them. It's, it's yeah. more, and, and there is one thing that I, I've learned as well as a, as a, as a customer on using that. I, I don't like the chat bot either. So that was, I was kind of reluctant to, to use it. Even we are now trying to put one chatbot on the website as well, to try to figure out the situation. But then you realize it's not, it's not the, the, um, the system or the, or the technology itself is how you nurture it. I yes. mean, you need to spend time. So you cannot pretend that the chatbot 
knows all the particular particularities of your business from the beginning. So you need to feed the chatbot with all the answers. And you need to do some homework beforehand to make sure that that chatbot really works out in a way that you would like to. So yeah. that's the part, that's the difficult part. But once you have sorted out and invested all those hours, I think that they are well invested there. One, one of the things that I really like about your website, Daniel, is there, I'll put this in the show notes at tourpreneur.com forward slash 177. You have a features page because I know there are going to be some listeners who are still like, I don't quite get it. I don't quite get how it's going to help my business. And I like how you lay out kind of the flow. So first of all, we've got five minutes after a booking comes in, the the booker gets a guest confirmation. You've got here uh, New York City tours. Hey, Taylor, thanks for booking the Statue of Liberty tour on February 15th at 1130. We'd like to send you tips for your upcoming visit to continue. Say, okay. And, And here we go into the whole permission side of thing um so i really like that you have the booking confirmation there and then two days before the activity and you say this is customizable there are reminders and important information so um, meeting points for instance uh, it says here remember that we will meet at rolfo's pizza store in front of the harbor and then also uh taylor then says the booker is there parking available nearby and the bot replies with, uh, we recommend parking at Liberty Mall, which is two blocks away from the meeting point. So I get, I understand now why this, when it's set up correctly, is saving so much time on on customer service. You also have the option of sending safety measures and waivers. Waivers are a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. How do you mean? Um, so like waivers, I mean, like, you know, I think, especially after COVID, I mean, almost every operator is using waivers these days. And so like, sure. you know, um, but one of the issues sometimes is um, deliverability and like reaching or like having those customers actually sign those waivers, right? So, yeah. you know, we're, you know, some of our operators are using um, our text messages to like send them, hey, you know, we uh, remember you need to sign your waiver before you come in, right? Um, and so, you know, obviously there's, there's the benefit of getting that waiver signed in before and like the operational side of things and stuff. Obviously there's the, like there's the real benefit of using waivers, which is getting the customer's contact information, right? Which we almost all know about, right? Which is part of the whole like marketing part of waivers, right? Um, and and so there's, there's those two benefits, right? And then the third thing is potentially, we just actually started doing this uh, with, um, Peak Pro waivers, but we're going to roll mm-hmm. this on all the other different platforms is, um, you know, once, so like usually, right, we're reaching only to lead traveler, right? So if there's a group of three people, right, who just booked them, we're, we're reaching the lead traveler, that person who put in their credit card and put in their contact information. Um, different to what happens in airlines, right? Uh, when you go on TripAdvisor or get your guide, they don't ask for like the contact information for everyone because that it's not good for the checkout process, right? But like, yeah. Um, so we usually only reach the lead traveler, right? But once the customer, uh, once they sign the waiver, right, it's usually all adults in that group who need to sign right. that. And so right now, one of the things that we're just about to announce uh, is that we, we've got now integrations to Peak Pro's waivers, which means that we can reach that customer, as that customer, like everyone in the group, to put out that review or, or yeah. give them those recommendations for other things. So, um, you know, you know, it's three times higher the, the amount of people you can reach and therefore how many people you can get reviews from basically. So yeah, news are a big deal for a lot of operators. 
Yeah, and I also like, you know, in these these weird times we're in, are we out with the pandemic? Are we still in it? It's kind of <laughs> depending where you are, that yeah, you can yeah. actually say, here's our policy, uh, face marks, masks must be worn. And I guess if someone has a problem with that, you can deal with it before they're at the meeting place saying, I'm not wearing a, a mask and having that tension and conflict, you get rid of that beforehand. And I also like that opportunity that, I, in in your shoes, for instance, Xavier, if I had a walking tour in San Francisco and you know it's going to be raining tomorrow, you say, hey, bring bring a raincoat, bring an umbrella, you know, we're still going, you know, rain or shine, but, you know, bring bring an umbrella, for instance, so that you're giving that information in advance as well. I like that. Now that you mentioned there is a, a clean fit as well on, on Daniel platform that you can send a broadcast message. So, right. uh, and we, we use it twice. There was one day that we had a, a breakdown on one of our buses. Uh, it was in the middle of a wine tour. So as we had the manifest list of those passengers, we were able to send a, a message to all the to all the all the customers say, hey guys, we apologize, the bus broke down. We're gonna about to send one in one hour. Uh, you're gonna have a complimentary drink in that winery and we're gonna delay, delay the schedule in that one. Nice. So instead of having to call everyone and everyone received yes. the message. In fact, the, 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 the feedback that we received was, was amazing. I, I didn't even notice that the bus broke down, but I appreciate that you tell me. So thank you for, for being proactive and, and reaching out. These are things that if you have to reach one by one, it's difficult. <laughs> we had the same situation three months before we, we landed the tour up and, and we, we did it one by one. I mean, yeah. the result was good, but I mean, but we had to spend two hours just texting people instead of having to pick up the phone or, or doing uh, other stuff. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I can imagine that coming in handy. Um, so there's waivers and um, announcements that you can do. And then also then we talked about this as cross-selling and, and upselling as well mm-hmm. um, on the various packages that you can send that out. And then- and That broadcast message, Shane, sorry to interrupt there, but that broadcast message, since we're talking about cross-selling, um, that broadcast message, we tell customers, hey, use this for when the bro- the bus, you know, breaks down, right? When, you're, when you've got a situation, right? Um, whether that's beforehand, right? You were saying, talking about uh, weather, right? That's a big deal for a lot of operators. Um, yeah. When they'll start seeing cancellations go up, whenever they start seeing rain and they're like, is the tour going to run? Maybe I'm just going yeah. to cancel the tour. Like, maybe I'm just going to cancel my book. I mean, like, you know, cancellation policies are so flexible these days. I mean, you can cancel up to for free up to 24 hours, right? On both like a mini platform these days. And so like, you know, clients are usually booking and then they they see like, oh, there's just storm coming up. Maybe I'm just going to cancel just in case because I don't want to get into the whole give me a refund thing and stuff. But if you can, pre- if you can reach out to those customers before and tell them, hey, we're going to, we're looking at that forecast, right? And we're going to, you know, we're still going to run the tour. And if not, you know, we're going to refund your money. Then you're like, the customer is like, okay, well, I've got some confirmation that the tour doesn't run. I'm going to be be taken care of, right? But in in relation to uh, cross-selling, the other thing that is interesting about this broadcast message that Xavier just brought up is how about like, you know, you can use it also for potentially marketing opportunities. So let's say it's, Halloween or St. Patrick's, which just happened, right? I mean, you know, we've got an opportunity to, there to like reach out to everyone who's booked a tour with you on St. Patrick's Day and send them a text saying, hey, it's St. Patrick's Day and, you know, you're in Chicago and it's going to be a big deal. So we're green and we're going to have like, you know, um, you know, like we're going to have special prices for you. So like, it's also a matter of like engaging with like, 
you know, on the marketing side of things, you can also yeah. be, be proactive. Yeah. Excellent. Love the cross-selling, love the upselling. And then also you have here um, one hour into the activity, send messages or asking customers to tag you on their pictures and videos, which I think is very smart. Yeah, the social media part of the part of things, right? Um, so that's basically when, you know, we and you know, this is this is, you know, this is not the most popular thing operators use these days. It really depends on the type of activity you're running, right? So if you're uh, Xavier, right, I probably recommend it because most of the times they're gonna have you know coverage when they're on the tour. Uh we've got some operators who are like no, the person is just going to be, I don't know, snorkeling. Like, they're not going to have their phones on it. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, there's multiple opportunities there to, like, even just send them, like, hey, welcome. You know, they're like, oh, oh they know I'm here. <laughs> you know, and, like, here's a Wi-Fi password. And, like, you know, if you, if you need one and, and things like that. And then, obviously, they engage with Yeah. And then, of course, following that, we have the, hey, leave us a review, which we covered in depth. So I, I just, I, I direct all of our listeners to that page to spend a bit of time. Look, you've put a lot of time and effort into that page. And I think it certainly helped me understand the potentials and the possibilities with Tour Up much better than I had before. So I, I guess that the important question or the question that my listeners are demanding that I ask right now is this all sounds great. Um, how much does it cost, Daniel? <laughs> Uh, well, it depends really on the amount of messages that you send, right? So it's it's a usage, it's an usage basis, right? So we have plans that start at $90 per month, right? Um, and you no, know, obviously we have we have like our YouTube plan you know, who runs for uh, $299. Um, you know, it's so it, the, the only difference basically is how many messages you use, right? So right. on the third plan, you get... Uh, 2,500 messages. On a YouTube plan, you get 10,000 messages, right? Um, that sounds like a lot of messages, um, <laughs> right? It's like 2,500 messages for a small operator. Well, between the back and forth, right, of the engagement and the conversation, right? It, and it's, you know, Xavier can tell you this, right? It's on target. Most of our operators will end up sending and receiving, right? About 10 messages per booking, right? That's kind of like the so if you've got anywhere until like 250 bookings, you can go with starter plan, right? Because you've got 500 messages. Yeah. Xavier, to any of our listeners who are like, ooh, $90, that's quite expensive because they're solopreneurs. What would you say to them right now? Well, I mean, I don't know where is their uh, net uh, per booking, but it's easy to, to come up with a break-even here. So, I mean, I know that I'm in the San Francisco market where it's quite expensive, but my net price per customer is around 90 dollars. So either if I get a booking a month that we can consider is additional to the business, so I get was able to get from cross-selling, uh, that tool gets paid. Which is, I think it's, it's just a matter of testing it. I mean, he, he's not asking as far as I know for any commitment. I think that it's a month to month. If you want to own that way, just test it out. It's, yeah, not for it's maybe the money back guarantee. So, you know, we really want to have or, you know, we really want to say, you know, put our actions where our mouths are. And so, like, you know, if you're not satisfied, if this is not work for you, you know, in the first 30 days, then we'll give you your money back, right? Um, but we are big numbers people, uh, Shane. So, you know, obviously adding one more expense for just small operators, but even big operators who just went through a pandemic, it's hard, right? I mean, yeah, you got to yeah. think about every penny, right? Because you're, you're paying for debt, you're paying for a lot of things, right? Um, 
what we like to think about is ROI, right? And so like in the first, right after the first month they got in, um, you know, we send them like that report and we tell them this is how much you saved on customer service. This is how much, yeah. you know, this is how much you got through cross-selling it. Therefore, the ROI, we had expected our uh, savior's ROI to be about $1,200 at initial, right? And it turned out to be higher, right? But, you know, we, um, and so like, you know, it, I think in that regard, it's just like anything, any, it, it would be more of an investment, right? I mean, we like to think that this not only pays for itself, but we can actually get more revenue out of it. So, you know, uh, one time I, someone said like, you're just like other rest of companies uh, who say that they're going get to get, get us more bookings, right? And I was like, well, I can prove it because we can track how many bookings you're going to get as a result of this. Not like we're going to get other customers as a result. But we're, we're maximizing the amount of revenue to get out of every booking. That's initially what we're doing. So it's all about ROI for us. And yeah, I mean, like Xavier said, I mean, we're happy to bring people on board and just have it tried. Yeah. Absolutely. Where should people go if they want to sign up or get more information on TourUp? Yeah, you know, go .tourup.com. Where even if you just type tourup.com, uh, tourup.com used to be the OTA uh, website, but you know, just so that we were clear, we're no longer an OTA. Uh, we've uh, we've shut down that business because mm-hmm. we wanted to focus on the TourUp Go site. So if you want go on tourup.com, right? Um, there's a you know, there's multiple options there. You can just go in and sign up and, you know, that's it, right? Or you can just schedule a demo, right? And we'll show you, like, you know, the ins and outs. And, um, you know, we, we like to do that. We also offer, like, a lot of times uh, people are concerned a little bit about timing, right? And, like, yeah, but this all sounds great, right? I mean, this, this um, you know, there's, I get it why this is an investment and everything, but, you know, I'm busy, right? <laughs> so, we offer, you know, we offer an account built, right? And so we'll, you know, obviously there's things that you're, you know, we're, you're going to need to check, just like Cinder said, like you're going to need to do your, do your homework, right? But you're not going to, you're not going to be trained in the chatbot for something, right? We've already done that for you, right? So you're not going to have to train like the specific phrases of what's included, right? We've already done that for you. And we're going to go to your website and take that question, right? Like what's included and add it for you, basically. Yeah. And then you're going to need to check if that makes sense, right? And, you know, go through that product by product and all that stuff. But we're going to initially build the account for you. So when it comes to timing, I mean, um, Xavier, like, I don't know, it was about two weeks with you um, from the moment that you signed up until the moment we went live. And we've had customers go live in four days. I mean, this is, it's, you know, I feel like sometimes people think about it as like when I, when I'm changing rest, it's such a difficult process to do that they compare it to that. And it's definitely not as hard. Sorry, Xavier. I was thinking. No, no, no. I was about to share something that, that I did when I, I don't know if the other client did in that way, but I felt that it was the right way to do it on, on my team that we started. I mean, instead of going one off for all the products, I started with one. So I tested out, I did all, I mean, Pretty, pretty meticulous with all the information. On our case, we started with a wine tour. It's one of our most popular, the more, more driven, and it's pretty straightforward. There's only two departments, it's just one departure time. So the the information is pretty established already. So we went through that process to make sure that the flow with the customers that we had for the wine tour was working well. We tested for about one week or two weeks. When it worked out, I just rolled out for the rest of the tours. I. And the last point I would like to bring up here is that, I mean, they need to put the effort there. I mean, uh, I was on the opinion as well that it, it takes time. It takes time. I mean, no one is going to write down uh, 
the products are not, and, and you should not uh, expect on you. And I should, I think that nor uh, any tour operator should should allow anyone to write down the the specs of their product because at the end, what I like to explain is this is like you are talking to customers, so you need to do it yourself. Of course, it takes time. So you need to buy your time from whatever, but it's gonna be it's gonna pay off. And if you don't do this homework beforehand, then you should not expect that the technology solves the situation by itself. Because if the information is wrong, the customer journey is wrong by itself. Well, and that's why I'm so pleased you're with us today, Xavier, because it's important that you're, you're sharing the information as a tourpreneur yourself among your peers. And again, having you on the show, sharing us how this works in the real world is so important. And those four benefits, I can see why um, you know, you, you're getting that kind of ROI. Um, so, so thank you for coming on the show. Where can people find out more about your tours? Well, the, the, it's, it's a pretty straightforward website. It's www.graylineofsanfrancisco.com. Graylinesanfrancisco.com. Graylineofsanfrancisco.com, yeah. Brilliant. I will also add that to the show notes. And, and I would, uh, I'm intrigued by your story. I'd love to invite you on a future episode to find out how you got started in, uh, with your tour business, Xavier. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a, well, happy, to, happy to, to come here anytime and I would like to spend my story. I mean, my background is not, yeah. it's not even related to, to the tourism. I landed in the tourism industry in 2016 and before I was, I'm a civil engineer as, uh, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a degree, as major. And I, and before that, I was selling bridges in the Middle East. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, we definitely have to get you on to find out more. And so the one thing I love about our industry is most of us don't come from the tour industry. You know, we all have other careers, and then we end yeah, up here. Because yeah, yeah. as as Daniel alluded to, most of us are not in this to become millionaires. As much as we would enjoy that, it's because we have that passion. Daniel, thanks for coming on the show today and being uh, available for our questions. I know you are a frequent contributor to our tourpreneur community, and I'm hoping that today's episode has uh, answered a lot of questions that are out there and. Um, as I say at the start of the show, this is not a sponsored ad. This is completely free. Torpreneur doesn't make any money out of this. I just want to share tools, tech, and apps that will make our lives easier and grow our business. So thank you very much for joining. I appreciate you having us, Shane. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.